John chapter 17, if you'd turn with me there. I'm going to read uh, verses 6 through 11 and focusing on verse 11. I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given to them the words which you have given me. And they have received them, and have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours, and all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father. Keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again that you have given us by your design, this prayer of our Lord for us. And so I pray again that we would come uh, receiving its truth, wanting to understand it and apply it. And we thank you, Father, that we can come to the table uh, hearing your precious word. Uh, prepare our hearts, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> well, our Lord Jesus knew fully here in this prayer, again, that his days on earth were completed, basically. Uh, betrayal was coming. Humiliation was coming. Suffering, just in a short time from the time he prayed this, and the torture of the cross, these were all going to begin soon. And the hour had come for him to complete what he had been given to do, and, and which he willingly did, to glorify his Father uh, for the joy set before him to save his own people to save us, those given to him. And he joyfully said this, he said, I come to you, he said to his Father in heaven, I come to you to be glorified together with the Father as he had before the world began. This is his joyful anticipation. And uh, though his time on earth, his purpose, uh, his ministry uh, was almost completed and by God's will and power would be completed, that is why it's in the past tense. He said, I am no longer in the world He's there with them, but uh, it will be accomplished. His disciples were still in the world, though. They were still living to serve their master and to carry out his commission to preach the gospel until they were each called home also. And they, too, would suffer as the Lord Jesus did. And the Apostle Paul felt this same joyful anticipation that I pray we do in Philippians 1, to be home with Christ, to be home with his Lord. And he said in Philippians 1, verse 21, for to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. And then he said, but if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. So he's looking forward to fruit all the days that he's on the earth for the glory of Christ. He wanted his labor to please his Lord as long as he lived. And so to live as Christ means basically, as long as I am on this earth, I want to know you, Lord Jesus, and I want to proclaim you. He wanted to have fruitful labor as long as he was in the flesh. May it be so here. And he said his desire was to depart, though. His desire was to depart. He had a hunger to be with the Lord Jesus, unhindered by sin. Uh, and he said, which is far better, he said. Nevertheless, he said, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. He told the Philippians, I'm, I'm staying for here. I love you. And so the Lord is 
uh, here also praying to his father for his disciples who were to continue in the world, uh, in the flesh, that they might have fruitful labor. Uh, they might uh, be fruitful in the kingdom, in their kingdom work, their kingdom calling. And, and the Apostle John in chapter 13, in the beginning of the sermon before this prayer, the Lord Jesus said, now before the feast of the, it said, I'm sorry, Lord Jesus about him. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. In other words, he loved them every day on earth that he was with them. And he would continue to love them, of course. And he promised to send his comforter and his counselor, the, uh, the paraclete, the, the helper, the Holy Spirit, to help them and to be with them. And so they, they, he was assuring them that they would never be alone in the battles that they will face. They would never be without his presence. And we here also must remember, dear family, while we remain in this world of tribulation, that we should rejoice and rejoice that we will never be alone and be of good cheer because he has overcome the world. He overcame it, and in him we are more than conquerors. Verse 11 then in chapter 17 says, Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me that they may be one as we are. This is an amazing prayer, that they may be one as we are. Our Lord addressed his Father here uh, in, uh, as, as Holy Father, he said. This is the only place, I believe, uh, that this form of address is used in the New Testament from the Lord Jesus to his Father. And he requests reverently of his Father, who is holy, that his dear children, his disciples, his people would be protected. They would be kept uh, in him as one people, the people of God. They would be kept in his name, he said, which uh, means through his power and through his will, through who he is, through the power of the Holy Spirit and the word of God. And that they would be kept as one, not just kept individually, but kept as one, as he and the Father are one. And the Trinity shows us what that perfect unity is like. It's the only way we can begin to fathom it. That kind of closeness and unity of purpose and communion we see in the relationship of the Father, Son, and Spirit. And he is asking that for us. He's asking that for us. They've always enjoyed that unity and he's praying that for us. That until we are called home, dear family, out of this world, that we would be growing in oneness here in this particular church and with the body, larger body, that we would be growing in oneness because we are following our Lord Jesus. We're all looking to him. Looking to him together, we're serving him together, we're worshiping him together, and we're living out the one another's together, glorifying God because we are growing in what it means to love one another here. And may the world around us then see that we are disciples and know that we are disciples because of that kind of love that we have for one another. Praise God that our Father in heaven enables us to be kept, to be preserved in the Lord Jesus together through his spirit. And this table is meant to be part of the how that happens. In fact, a, a very significant part of how that unity happens. We just said together this morning from the catechism, because there is one bread, there's one Lord Jesus, one body, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. This table is about the unity of the body of Christ. So let's rejoice, brothers and sisters, and give thanks that we've been invited to come, first of all, and that we can receive in the grace in this table, in this communion, 
that we may walk in the unity of the Spirit here and thus glorify our King. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we do come to you now with awe and with great thanksgiving that you have invited us to this communion with you. And you give us grace at this table that we might walk in unity of the Spirit. Oh Lord, may we be one in purpose and one in heart here and one in service for the glory of your name. Before we ask this in the name of our Lord and Master Jesus Christ. Amen.